because I've taught this for a while. Mm-hmm. The power of forgiveness, because so many people that have had so many horrific things done to them, they're like, no, I can't forgive that person. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this for a minute. You're thinking that to forgive someone, you're saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay what you did to me. Mm-hmm. Like that was okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what it's about. Forgiveness is about love. Forgiveness is loving yourself enough to let go of emotions that are actually keeping you from feeling love. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson, Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. Today's guest is a joy-filled, passionate woman. She is the mother of four amazing children who she is raising to be happy and responsible people. She is a speaker, mentor, author and facilitator of healing. She continues to build her healing and coaching practice, Pure Essence Healing LLC. And she uses her gifts to facilitate powerful healing and awakening on many levels for individuals. She works with people striving to heal from the effects of trauma and abuse, and also those who are trying to create a healthier life path. She also works with parents and families to create greater joy and connection within the family structure. The reason she does this is because she herself is an overcomer of the effects of childhood sexual abuse, molestation, teenage rape, and domestic violence. And so her life mission is to teach love, forgiveness, and acceptance for every human being in whatever state they may be in. She is most proud of her families living in Africa for one year and loving and serving the people there. And she's going to tell us about that a little bit later in the podcast. She is a lover of truth and continually encourages her students and audiences to find the truth within and align their lives with it and become creators of their lives and live their truth. She has let go of being a victim and stands strong in encouraging other women to take their lives back change their story, and create the life they want by taking 100% responsibility for their lives. And she has learned to do this personally, and she strives to do it daily. So I am pleased to present Alicia Lee McMurdo, formerly known as Jen Alexander McMurdo. Alicia, are you ready to share your story of hope? I'm so ready. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. So, First, let's just dive into you recently changed your name. Tell me a little bit about that really quick. (laughs) Okay, this is definitely a God thing. So, (laughs) Well, you may as well tell it as a God thing then. (laughs) Anybody that knows me, they'll be like, yep, that's that's Alicia. (laughs) So um, about when I was about 23 years ago, um, I, I believe, when I was 18, actually, I started having the memories of um, the sexual abuse. I was in a safe place. I was out of my home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started having memories come back to me, visions of what had, what had been done. Right. And um, I had some really beautiful people around me that were supporting me and helping me through that. Um, And one particular was a woman. um, We'd become really good friends. She had just gotten out of um, an abusive marriage, actually. But we began to just study and learn and, and do some healing, you know, to help each other. And we actually had some really spiritual experiences together. We kind of had a feeling of like we had known each other before this life, mm-hmm. that God had brought us together to help each other during this time, to sure. help each other heal. And one night we just had this experience where we were studying about faith and we felt a number of presence in the room of spirits and came to really understand that they were angels sure. and they were there and they were ministering to us. And I heard them say, 
we want to give you the name that you had before you came here mm -hmm. so that you have you have an anchor something to hold on to to know who you really are as you go through this experience in your life and they said your name is Alicia oh there you go and so I've never, it hasn't been till this point, maybe one or two people that I have shared that. But the, the thing is, is that I have heard that name from that day. So people will say Jen, but I hear in my mind continually Alicia. And so it's really a beautiful um, moment right now in my life where I'm at this place that I'm coming into full authenticity, just alignment in, in every area. And, um, you know, God came, to, I mean, just felt him speak to me a few months ago and just be like, no, it's time. It, you need to share, like, have people call you by your name. And I was really nervous because that has been my, that's been my connection you know, to him and to my divine self. Mm -hmm. And it's been a very personal, you know, um, experience. And so it made me a little nervous to put that in the hands of other humans because we're all human and we don't mean to be unkind or we don't mean to, but to be willing to allow people to use my name yeah. Um, you know, and, and let go of that control. And, but then I realized it was just about, it was an opportunity for me to really come into a place where there's no more hiding. There's no more duality. There's no more masks. There's just me. Yeah. So yeah, that's the story. Wow. That is so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. So you have quite a story of recovery, I guess we would call it. Um, and, and with so much abuse and domestic violence and rape in your past, I was wondering if maybe we could touch on how you felt, um, perhaps being your former self, just so that so that we can understand how people feel who are coming from those situations and then maybe evolve into who you are today inside and, and, and maybe the difference in how you feel about yourself mm -hmm. and how you feel about others and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you asked the question because it's a really conscious question um, and it allows me to focus on the process because it's not the events that happen to us in our lives because we can, we tend to be able to overcome the events, right. the experiences. It's the, the beliefs that we form about ourselves. It's the emotions that it creates inside of us. Yes. Um, that stays with us that seem to be the most difficult um, things to heal from. Yes. Um, and some, and some never do, you yeah. know, but, but that's just their journey and that's okay. But my desire is to help people heal. Um, so formally, like how I lived my life as I see it, um, it felt like two different lives. Like I would put on a face in public, mm -hmm. you know, or when I, um, went to any social event or any religious event or, you know, um, that, and I'm a happy person, mm -hmm. but just kind of felt like, you know, I would fall into just like putting on this persona of being okay and being loving and, you know, and, and just, just being out there, which was a part of who I was, but on the inside, I always felt there was something wrong with me. Mm. I felt like I was never good enough. I was, I was anxious so much of the time. I just would feel nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, and I dealt, I dealt with depression for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, hiding that, but, and, and I tried to take my life twice. Mm -hmm. So being suicidal. So on the inside, I felt desperate. I felt, right. um, I felt broken. I felt like anxious and just like always feeling like there was always something wrong. It was just that feeling like a heaviness of like, life is so hard and just feeling like there was always something wrong and nothing ever felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, I don't think I ever really felt I would have moments of joy, but then it would just feel heavy again. Mm -hmm. And so I was always looking for 
for ways to, you know, to feel better. Um, but so much of that time I spent in bed and alone and, you know, isolated, isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So today, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I can, I probably still look the same in somewhat on the outside mm -hmm. just because I am a people person. I do love people. Um, but I feel completely different on the inside. Um, and my really close friends that have watched me and know me, they have said, there is so much peace mm. that emanates from you and love that just naturally, like you just, you come into a room and my friend said, she's like, there's just peace. Mm. Like you have this peace about you. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the greatest differences is that when I was struggling with all of that, I didn't love myself mm -hmm. because one of the biggest messages that you get from, from going through those things is mm -hmm. you feel, um, you feel unlovable. You feel like there's something wrong. Like I thought there was something really wrong with me, mm -hmm. you know, and I felt unlovable and undeserving of love. So I would push love away. I mm -hmm. wouldn't receive it you know, um, and it created problems in my marriage and things that way, because I wasn't willing to receive love because deep down inside, I had this belief that I just wasn't deserving of it, you mm -hmm. know, and that there was something really bad and wrong about me, mm -hmm. you know, and I was very in my talk in my mind, like the form formally who I was, I was very critical of myself, very judgmental. Nothing was ever good enough. You know, I was just always beating myself up and all of these things. And so it's no wonder, you know, this last year or the last two years coming out of domestic violence where mm -hmm. I was literally being beat up. Mm -hmm. That is where I finally came to an awakening where I'm like, I have been a victim for so long in my yeah. life, I have, I have got to figure out what is going on because I am not doing this anymore. Yeah. And that was one of the ahas for me is that realizing I was helping create the situations because I was so unkind to myself. I was so critical. I was so judgmental. I wasn't receiving any love to myself. I was get, trying to give love to other people, but I wasn't loving myself and I wasn't receiving any of that. Mm. And that's, and that's part of the healing and the shift. And now one of the biggest things that has changed in me and who I am right now is that I absolutely love who I am. That's awesome. I adore who I am. Mm -hmm. And I feel love in my heart for, for me, um, and it just, and that is what, that is the, one of the biggest differences. And I have forgiven myself and I have forgiven people, but I just hold this space. Now I'm very, I'm very, um, clear on it. And every day I make sure that I am in that space and I am, that I love myself and that I am taking care of myself, um, and that I don't allow any more those feelings of not being good enough or um, being so critical or so judgmental. I've shifted my perspective. I see myself as a child and that I'm learning. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know for myself that God loves me and that has never changed. Right. Um, and that no matter what I do or what I don't do or what experiences I have, that love is consistent that's awesome. So that that's the change between formally and then now where I am now. And um, when when you love yourself, regardless of what has happened, what is going on, what choices you make, there is that is where the the power is. And I had a really I'll share this. Sorry, but um, I had a really neat experience just a week ago. I was just sitting and pondering. And this voice said in my mind, the fact that you exist, just that you exist, mm -hmm. you are loved, you are enough. Mm. And I remember, I think I was sitting in a library and I just sat there and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and the voice said, you could do nothing more in this life, but just be. And the fact that you exist you are loved. Mm. And it hit me to the core. And I was like, 
Oh my word. That's a powerful message. It is. So yeah. That is awesome. So tell me the process. How did you go from all that negative Mm self-talk to becoming who you are today? I know it probably wasn't overnight. So, so where did you start? Obviously there was an aha moment. Mm -hmm. So, so walk me through it from there. Yeah, absolutely. I love the question. Um, that healing probably started about six years ago, to be honest with okay. you. So, and it is when a good friend actually taught me about the power of forgiveness. She taught me about emotions and how we hold on to emotions. And when we hold on to negative emotions or emotions that we would call heavy um, or negative or dark, you know, like the anger, the hatred, the bitterness, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the unkindness, like all of those that just feel heavy when we talk about it. Yeah. You know, she taught me about how, what that does to our bodies, that it literally creates a disconnect between our body and our spirit. Mm. And it create it wreaks havoc in our body. It creates disease because our body and our spirit want to work together. Mm. They want to be in harmony with each other. But when we hold on to those heavy emotions and we allow them to stay within us, it creates a disconnect. And we start to come, really what happens is we start to come away from love Mm. is what happens. Interesting. And so that was the beginning of me starting to learn. And she taught me the way to um, let go of those heavy emotions was through forgiveness. And she taught me how to forgive and the power of that. And I started using that tool of forgiveness in my life. Give me an example of that. Like, what, what did you say, I choose to forgive? Or, or what did that look like for you? It, it is actually. So what I would do is I would wake up in the morning and I could tell, you can just feel when you don't feel good, you yeah. know. And so I would acknowledge those emotions and I actually would ask in prayer, can you help me understand like what this emotion is attached to? Like, am I angry at somebody? Is it, what is it attached to? You know, or I would even, sometimes I would just sit really quiet and ask myself, like, what am I angry about? You know, what am I hurting about? And we we really have the answers inside of us if we will listen. Mm. And so I started listening and I would ask, and when something would come to my mind, then I would say, Oh, I forgive myself for holding on to anger, you know, or for being angry at so-and-so for, you know, being angry at my husband for (laughs) not listening to me and walking out the door and slamming the door, you know, and I forgive him for being unkind because the word forgive is letting go. Mm. But the reason why it's so powerful is because no one can make you forgive. That's true. That's true. Only you can choose to let it go. Mm. And that's part of the power in that. And I realized, because I've taught this for a while, Mm -hmm. the power of forgiveness, because so many people that have had so many horrific things done to them, they're like, no, I can't forgive that person. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this for a minute. You're thinking that to forgive someone, you're saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay what you did to me. Mm. Like that was okay. Mm -hmm. No, that's not what it's about. Forgiveness is about love. Forgiveness is loving yourself enough to let go of emotions that are actually keeping you from feeling love. Mm. It's one of the greatest acts of love. Mm-hmm. for you. And yes, does it does it extend to other people? Yes, if they're willing to take it, but that's not what forgiveness is for. Mm-hmm. It's an act of love for yourself to be able to let go of emotions and things that are keeping you from having love in your life. Mm. And so that's the, the that's the process I started about, you know, 6 years ago and starting to just dig deep and start to forgive myself and forgive people that had hurt me and, you know, and forgive my husband that had hurt me and, 
And that was the healing that started coming. Now, mind you, I had 20 years of counseling <laughs> that were supposed to help me, uh-huh. you know, get out of the this mindset, you know, um, because when you are abused, you come into a victim mentality mm-hmm. um, and you feel like things are always being done to you instead of you being able to choose and create your life. And so it feels really disempowering. And that that's another formally, that was who I was. Mm-hmm. I thought I have no choice here. Like right. I, things are always being done to me. But now I'm like, nope, I'm the creator of my life. I choose my life. Mm-hmm. I choose my thoughts. I choose my words. I get to choose what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole shift. But that came from, from being able to forgive and let go and, and love myself to be able to let, let that stuff go. So that was the process. And that's even the process today, just this morning. Yeah. You know, so basically you have to really get in touch with how you're feeling inside. Mm -hmm. You can't lock those emotions away anymore. Mm -mm. Let them out, Mm -hmm. acknowledge what they are, Mm -hmm. and then pray and ask God to help you forgive yourself Mm -hmm. and forgive others. Mm -hmm for for these feelings that you have inside or for the hurts they have inflicted on you. Yep. Yeah. And I found that we we're the ones that hurt ourselves the most. Yeah, we actually. do. Actually. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Yeah. Wow. That is that is really amazing. So, tell me how this this forgiveness and doing this every day for several years now um how did that help you begin to feel love again? Did you have some experiences with God that helped you begin to feel it more fully in your life? Um, explain more of that connection between actually forgiving and then feeling love. Yeah, I, I love that you're asking that. So imagine like, um, a container that's full of rocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you try to pour water in that container. Yes. How much water are you going to be able to really get into that container? Some. Some, but not the full. Right. The full container, right? Uh-huh. So as you start taking rocks out of that container, then how much more water can fill it? As much as the container will hold. <laughs> okay. It's the same with our bodies. It's the same with our spiritual, emotional, energetic, physical bodies. They're all connected. So the more we forgive, the more we release the energy and the emotions that are heavy, that keep us feeling low. Mm-hmm. So mind you, 15 years of depression. Yeah. <laughs> that was suppressed emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so when... When I would let that go, it creates space, just like in that jar we just talked about. It creates space. And I chose to fill that space with gratitude and love. Mm. And so as I would let something go, I would literally picture like light coming in and filling those spaces. Or I would literally say, now I fill that space with love and light and gratitude. Mm. And so that is what started changing is, but I had to be willing to let go of those things that were blocking that love. Um, and that's, that's really how that started that process, um, is being able to let that go and then inviting that, that love in. And there's lots of room when you can let go of hatred and anger and bitterness, you'll find that it kind of opens you up to there's, there's space there Mm. for love to be there. Um, and it, and it comes in and yeah, I, I I'll always ask God, I mean, he's my right hand man. I guess. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, awesome. I have not traveled this road alone ever. Um, you know, in fact, it's, it's him uh, that carries, that carried me through those times. You know, it was him that saved me actually when I tried to take my life, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, so much I would ask. And even now I'm like, just please just fill me with your love. Like, will you just put your love in my heart and fill me with your love, you know, and help me to love people like you love people. And um, so, yeah, there's always conversation 
between me and God through all of this. Um, and that's, that's been a constant for me. Um, because to me, he is love and I've experienced him as love Mm -hmm. in my life. Right. Um, and so, like I said, like one of the times that I tried to take my life, I was about to drive off a cliff. There was nobody in the car with me, nothing. And I was pleading on the edge of the cliff, like, please help me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the radio turned on and there was this song. He hears me. Mm. Wow. He hears me in, in the night mm-hmm. when my soul longs to fight, mm-hmm. when the morning comes. I mean, it's a Hillary Weeks song. Mm-hmm. And there was no one in that car. Mm. to turn that radio on. Wow. And that was like, and I backed my car off from the edge. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he partners with us and he is the love. He generates that. But the thing that people don't understand, and I would love for people to begin to understand is he is in us. Right. We are divine beings. Yeah. We were born from divinity, which means we were born from love. So who he is, the majesty of his love is actually within us as well. It's just uncovering and releasing and letting go of all of those pieces that we don't need, you know, that sometimes we're holding on to so tightly um, because it creates a false sense of security. It's being able to let go of that to get to him inside, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to be able to feel that love. Yeah. So that's powerful. So let me ask you this. If you have a negative thought come into your head now, mm-hmm. what do you do? I, I'm not always conscious. I'm still, I'm learning. Yeah. And, um, but I know that when I do, cause I can feel it in my body, mm. it shows up as an emotion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sometimes I'll just greet it and say, okay, I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Like that, that doesn't work for me. Thanks for showing up, you know, Uh and then I just excuse it. Like, um, I call it a disempowering thought Mm. from the past. I'm like, okay, thank you for showing up, but you're a disempowering thought from my past. And I'm just going to excuse you. And, um, I'm just going to bring in light and what's the truth. So a lot of the time I'll say, thank you for, for sharing this with me. And I'll think, okay, what's the truth? Mm. And so I try to find the opposite. Right. And then I replace that. And then sometimes I'm just like, nope, I am love. I am light. Mm-hmm. You know, I am truth. I am a strong woman. Because mm-hmm. usually the thought is always something about my worth Right. Or something about me as a person, you know, or what will so-and-so think a lot of that? Because I was mm. really raised to be very concerned about how things looked. Right. And that happens when you're abused, when there's mm-hmm. abuse going on and people don't want to know. So they create this thing of, well, everything has to look perfect. Right. So you become overly concerned with how people are like what they're thinking. Right. And that's probably one of the biggest um, mindsets mm-hmm. that I'm really continually having to stay on. And yeah. I even this morning, even like even coming in here, <laughs> like I had a thought, well, what will so-and-so think? And I thought, darn it. And for me, I just said, you know, I take back my authority. Mm-hmm. Like they can think what they want to, has nothing to do with this. I take back my authority. I choose how I want to feel about today. Mm-hmm. I choose who I'm going to be today. Yeah. And every time I, I take back, I literally do. I say, I take back my power. Mm-hmm. I take back that authority. I get to choose. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful when you realize that no matter what is being presented to you in your mind, mm-hmm. um, that you still get to choose what you're going to focus on and you still get to choose what you're going to act on. So I acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And then I, I do a few things. I just get with truth, whatever truth I can pull out, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, I speak it and I Mm -hmm. pull it out and breathe through it. And then I'm like, okay, next. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is a really good way to approach that. And I think that's something we all deal with, you know, the the negative Mm self-talk. And I love that you just gave us the solution to fix it. You know, acknowledge that you had that thought and say, no, 
you know, I, I have worth, I am love, I have power, I can choose. Mm-hmm. And this is not the thought I want to choose. Yeah, no. And yeah. I mean, I do a lot of affirmations. I mean, I'll tell you, I am on like my meditation. I, I meditate in the morning. I meditate in the afternoon. I meditate in the evening. Like mm-hmm. I am on my I just want to stay connected to my soul. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know that my brain needs to be helped in that area. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're we're all still healing, right? From all of us have issues. And so I think it's, it's smart of you to realize I need this. Mm -hmm. I need to reaffirm to myself morning, noon and night Mm -hmm. who I really am. Yep. You know, I'm yep. a daughter of God. I have worth. I have power. Yep. I can choose my own life. And and it just those types of statements, mm-hmm. whether you're male or female, you know, obviously, if you're male, it will say, oh, I am a son of God. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, those types of statements are empowering. They really are, because the the, the negativity are lies. Um, and they might be part truths, you know, mm. um, and they may feel like truth because they resonate from something of the past or something. But that's the thing about truth is when you speak truth, it really just cuts through those lies. And mm-hmm. so that's what I have found, you know, and to speak that. Speak your truth. Um, it also brings you into a place of being conscious and present. And something that I've learned is, is the presence of God or the presence of love is mm-hmm. in the moment. When you can be very present and be aware, then you f- you feel that love because it really is all around us. And being able to use those phrases of truth helps bring us back to that that present moment. Um, and there's just so much power in that as well. That's so awesome. yeah. Oh, I love that. So um, obviously, you meditate every day. What other things do you do to connect yourself with God? to keep that love consistently flowing and, and, and filling those gaps inside of you? Um, there's a few things. Nature is a big, a big piece of that for me. Um, and it's because I've come to understand that the essence of who he is, is in every living thing. Mm. And so when we can connect with water, with nature, with we actually connect to a piece of him and we connect to a piece of our soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a really a, a big way for me right now that helps me to, to stay connected mm-hmm. um, and to stay peaceful. And peace is a really important part of that, um, of being able to move through this life. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, uh, I just love people. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, having conversation with people, serving in the ways that I love to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, for me, brings that love and it flows through me. Speaking, sorry, like this, um, writing, mm-hmm. um, expressing the things that are so deep inside of me and my soul, mm-hmm. um, that actually ha- keeps me in love quite often. And I can mm-hmm. feel that flow because it, it, that is the way that I express love is by teaching and speaking and sharing mm-hmm. um, and and helping people maybe see something in themselves um, awesome. that they aren't seeing. That's that's one of the biggest ways that I keep love in my life is by expand, extending love, mm-hmm. you know, out, not right. holding, not not holding myself in, but really just getting out there and connecting with people and sharing and um, and just loving them and um like I had an experience just, I've been in LA there was a, you know, a homeless woman. I'd been asking God, you know, I, I, I really want to just start to connect with more people. And here's this beautiful homeless woman mm-hmm. at this gas station. And I'm like, I want to go and talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, and just have this beautiful conversation with her about God and about where she was in her life. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just put my arm around her and I'm just like, I love you. You're amazing. Like you are so strong, you know, Mm -hmm. because she's been through so much. And now Mm -hmm. she's living on the street and, you know, and she just looked at me and she just was like, I love you. She's like, you are the real deal, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And so that that's a way that I just connecting with people, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a way that I keep that love flowing too, because it gets me outside of myself. It gets Mm -hmm. me out of my head. 
mm-hmm. um, and into my heart. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting. I've also found that that when when I have the chance to serve and help others, I think God helps us find more of ourselves when we serve and love and give. Um, and I don't know exactly how that process works 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> percent, but um, I think there's a scripture about it. But it says something like uh, whosoever shall lose his life will gain For it, my you know, sake, yeah, will yeah. gain it. And so I think I think there's some truth there. And you do, you find yourself as you love and serve others. You do. And I think it also, I want to speak to this because for the longest I serve, I've served others all my life. Mm-hmm. It is just the soul and essence of who I am. Right. And I know that. But it's different this time because I've learned to love myself. Mm. And that's something um, that's, that has been a really big shift because they're serving because you feel like, okay, well, I'll do this and maybe I'll get a blessing or this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then they're serving that comes from the heart where you're like, I, I want to talk. I want to help that person. I want to talk to that person because mm-hmm. you have that love inside of you. Um, and so I think learning to love your love yourself and really appreciate who you are as a, as a being, as a person. Um, and you asked me like, how do you bring that love in? Mm -hmm. I, I actually spend a lot of time with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I allow myself to ponder and write, um, and to, to listen to my, to my soul, what my soul is saying to me. Um, and I allow, I forgive myself and I see myself like a child in those moments when that opportunity to beat myself up, (laughs) you know, or to be critical, um, really stepping into being so kind and so compassionate to myself and so loving and so forgiving, that really generates a great amount of love, that energy of love inside of me. And then it is from there, then I go and serve. And then it's just like an overflowing, like a cup overflowing. Yeah, because God is dumping the love into you and it just flows out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Whereas before, even though God was trying to dump the love into you, it just wouldn't fit. Yeah, it literally, like we talked about, there were so many rocks in there, you know, plus when you have the belief in so many victims, you know, we, we, we create this belief that because these horrible things were done to us, or, you know, we've been in situations where we've been hurt so badly that we literally begin to believe that we don't deserve love. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's such a familiar feeling of not living in love that sometimes you, you are comfortable (laughs) living in the pain Mm -hmm. more than, I mean, I've had to teach myself to be, be comfortable with love. I mean, still, even this morning, you know, and and yesterday was my birthday and I was like, I was opening my hands up and being like, okay, what do you have for me today? Like I receive, like I'm willing to receive and I have to be willing to open up and say, I receive, I'm willing to receive because that has been one of the most difficult things, you know, Mm -hmm. because you really, when you believe for such a long time that you're, you know, you've experienced such a lack of love, you know, and you believe that you're not deserving and that these things have happened to you because maybe of something that you did. And these are all common thoughts and beliefs that come from trauma and abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's you have to be willing to let that go. And that yeah. that's one of those. That's some of the hardest yeah. You know, and so forgiveness allows you to move, remove those rocks. Those are those rocks, yeah. you know, but you still have to be willing to say, okay, I, I receive. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because you've been in that place of pain and pushing away, you know, for so long. So it's interesting because those who understand the atonement mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, um, I find it interesting because I've, I've seen this so much that even though they say, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ or I believe what he did, I believe in his atonement, but yeah, they're constantly beating. And I was one of those like beating myself up, not accepting love. Mm-hmm. He did what he did so that we could take 
those things and lay it at his feet so that we could receive love. Mm. Not so that we could take a stick and continually beat ourselves up. <laughs> right. And he taught me this. His spirit taught me this. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no need. This The price has already been paid. Yeah. You don't have to beat yourself up. It anymore. was already paid. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to be punished. Mm-hmm. You don't need to learn that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I am love. I am light. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's already. So literally, I would see myself at times just taking. I would, and I do it now. Okay, here, Lord, here's my anger. Mm-hmm. Here's my frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, here's my fear. Like I, I'm surrendering this to you. You already paid the price. I realize I don't even have to go through this process. I don't have to take myself down this road that I'm worthy of love right now because of what you did, because of who I am, that I literally can just say, oh, no, thank you. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with this. (laughs) Yeah. And just let that love come in. But I, sometimes we just think it has to be so difficult. Yeah. We feel like we have to atone for our own. (laughs) We do. Failings. Yeah. When we don't, it was already, already and all those emotions and everything that was already paid for. We just need to be willing to surrender them. Yes. To let go of them, Mm -hmm. to forgive ourselves, to surrender them Mm -hmm. to him and allow that love to come through. Oh, that's so perfect. Uh Wow. Thank you, Alicia. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, will you tell us about Africa? I would love to. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. You out there feel like your life is chaotic, crazy, and completely awful compared to the norm. What if I were to tell you that you are normal for you? I am so excited to announce that my book, Normal for Me by Tamara K. Anderson, is now available for purchase on Amazon. This book took me 10 years to write, and I share 20 years worth of lessons learned in my life detours, including being in a car accident and having two of my children diagnosed on the autism spectrum. In this book, I share the secrets of how I made it from despair to peace with God's help. I also include a bonus diagnosis survival guide at the very end of my Normal For Me book. The Diagnosis Survival Guide includes 12 tips to survive and thrive in tough times. Wouldn't you like to know what those are? So what are you waiting for? Grab your copy of Normal For Me today on Amazon. And we're back. Today I'm interviewing Alicia Lee McMurdo, and she's going to tell us about going to Africa and the impact that had on her and her ability to teach others this powerful lesson of love and forgiveness. So so take us to Africa, Alicia. Okay. You know, when you ask me a question, I don't just give a short answer. That's okay. That's why you had me on a podcast. That's exactly why you're here. <laughs> I don't want a short answer. I want you to tell me the story. Okay. Um, so... I think it was May of 2016. Uh, I went on my first expedition to Kenya with 100 humanitarians, mm. um, Heidi Totten. I knew getting ready for that trip that, that it was something big, mm-hmm. that it was something big for me um, because there was a lot of opposition. Humanitarian work was something that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. We had just gone... Uh, <clears throat> My former husband and I had actually just gone to Nicaragua January of that year um, to do humanitarian work. And mm-hmm. anyways, before we, we had married, we talked about doing that with our family because we both had that heart. Mm-hmm. And so when I got ready to go to, to Kenya, uh, there were so many miracles. And I just felt like the people that we were going to, that there was something there for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Heidi felt that too. She's like... I feel like this one area, she's like, we've never gone to it before. It was called Beaumet. Mm-hmm. She's like, but I really feel like we're meant to go there. And she's like, Jen, I just feel like this is yours. Like, mm-hmm. this is your area. Like, there's something there. And I said, I have felt the same thing. And that was before we even. So we go on this expedition. Sure enough, you know, we're there. We're walking down these dirt roads visiting these people in, in their mud huts mm-hmm. um, and seeing the state of some of these families and 
assessing their needs and um, 100 humanitarians um, empowers so we see what they're already doing in their community and then we say what now what can we do to support you right so we teach them how to fish Mm -hmm. Um, so we we build garden boxes we um, we do water storage systems. We we have a sewing center there now and, and a literacy center. So all these things that create skills right? so that they can feed their family and so that they can create income for their family. Wonderful. And so it is. It's beautiful. Um, and we, but this was one of the first trips we were assessing the needs, right. you know, of what was happening and had some really touching experiences you know I mean they they have nothing they really they really have nothing and they would greet us with song and dancing and they would um you know give us tea that's their that's what they drink and like Mm -hmm. some of them wouldn't even have sugar so they would run to their neighbors to get just to get sugar so they could make something um, and just these beautiful people, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember going that first trip and I remember my room, I had, I had, it's almost overwhelming the feelings that you have when you step into seeing that, you know, that much poverty mm-hmm. and hearing stories, you know, um, seeing children that have been left because their parents, you know, have AIDS or, mm. um, or drinking problems or, you know, we Mm -hmm. saw a lot of that and it was like, okay, like, what are they missing? Mm -hmm. Like, God, what is like, what is it that they're missing? You know? And the spirit was like truth. They need truth. They need, Mm -hmm. they have a little bit, but they need truth, you know, but they, they also need these other things. But I was like, okay, um, and I just knew I would be going back. I mean, that was a huge eye opener, a huge experience. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a coming to yourself almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was May of 2016. Well, January of 2017, I started having these visions of my children playing with Kenyan children mm. on, on the ground at the age that they were. And my youngest was five mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just was like, okay. And it just kept coming. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was just like, okay, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, th- are you asking, like, what are you asking? Are you asking us to go to Kenya? Mm-hmm. Like, is this what I'm seeing? You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, yes. And it's like, okay. And I'm thinking, oh, a little bit. And it just kept coming stronger. And I was like, okay, we'll win. Mm-hmm. And the thought was May. That mm. I was like, and we're here we are at the end of January. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And uh, my former husband and I had just gotten back after our second separation. Mm-hmm. Um, we were working on our marriage. We were working on, you know, we were living in a two bedroom apartment with our four kids. Mm. And I'm like, okay, if this is your will, then you got to tell Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just, I remember one morning I rolled over and the spirit was like, talk to him now. Okay. Anyways, he was like, okay. So we, um, everything came together. We sold everything. We lived in a trailer for four months in the middle of winter on our friend's property in Wellsville Mm -hmm. and, uh, to save money for plane tickets. And then we went, we took our kids, our four kids. So, um, to Kenya. So my, oldest was just about 12 Mm -hmm. and then 11 and seven and five. Wow. So. And tell us about the experience you had in Kenya there. It's, it, it's a beautiful thing, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's also opposition that comes when you have your greatest joy, you also can have your greatest challenge. Mm. And that just seems to be sometimes, you know. It's like a pendulum. Yeah. You know, yeah. it can swing this high one way, but it also swings the, that high the other way. Right, right. right. But the, we had beautiful experiences because we had the opportunity to love people and to serve people and to bring down walls um, and barriers because um, in the area that we were in, we were the only white people and we were 
to some of those children and to some of the people there, we were the first white people that they'd seen. Wow. Um, and so we were kind of a like us at a celebrity status, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there was an expectation um, that white people bring prosperity and all of these things. And so we were also uh, we were we were bombarded with requests you know, yeah. to help. Mm-hmm. So we had to be very clear and just say, we're here. I remember standing in a church like the second week in the community that we were living in. We didn't live in a co- compound. We lived in the camp, in the community in a host, a host's home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had neighbors on all sides and we were just right. We were right there in mm-hmm. a middle class, almost poverty community. Um, and I just remember standing up in church and just saying, we're here to love you. Mm-hmm. And we're here to be loved by you. Mm-hmm. And we're here to teach you some things if you want to learn. And we're here to learn from you. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of established that. And with with each each connection that we made, you know, and the more, more vulnerable we became with sharing our own stories, the more the walls would came down and we just became friends, you know, mm-hmm. with people. And even though we were there to do the humanitarian work, the, those walls still came down. Yeah, we were brothers and sisters to each mm-hmm. other. And I think that was one of the most beautiful experiences. You know, we we did a little bit of work in the village that we were in, but we normally would go about an hour outside of that village in Beaumet, where there was a great amount of poverty and mm-hmm. um, where the people lived in one room, mud huts, mm-hmm. you know, and they would have quite a few children and a lot of single moms because they do practice early childhood marriage there. Mm-hmm. that's changing. Um, but so you would find a lot of young mothers that wouldn't have a way to provide for their children. Mm. And then you have girls as well, like the sanitary napkin is a real issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my daughter and I actually traveled quite a bit, probably once a week to different schools to uh, with with the women there to educate on the sanitary napkins and, mm-hmm. and give them reusable sanitary napkin kits. Awesome. And uh, those were some really beautiful experiences, just really being able to connect with the girls and being able to connect with the women, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I taught quite a few classes, actually. Um, I actually taught about forgiveness in the the little sewing center that we had there. Um, We were I was doing some teaching and that day it was like teach about forgiveness. And so I shared my story, you know, some of my story, because they don't talk about the challenges there. You know, they, they know, um, because there is, there is a lot of like, there's female circumcision, there's early childhood marriage, like Mm -hmm. you're dealing with all these issues, you know? Um, and so I was very open with them and shared with them some things and talked to them about forgiveness. And this one woman in her broken English kept asking me questions, Mm -hmm. like question after question about, well, what if somebody does this? Well, what if somebody does that? And I'm like you and I'm thinking in my heart and my mind, you have been so hurt. Mm -hmm. And come to find out she was right in the middle. Her husband had just had an affair Mm -hmm. and she she was ready to leave. Mm -hmm. And uh so we became really good friends mm-hmm. and began to talk and um, and she was able to forgive and work through and come back together with her husband, you know. Mm. And so just these beautiful experiences of being able to connect with people and watching my children just learn to be in a different culture and play with children that didn't didn't even have the same language, but they would play and they would love one another. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just my best friends are over there, mm-hmm. you know? So we just had an experience to experience God's love in such a profound way to, to serve those around us and to be loved by them and to have an opportunity to see how our service meant so much and mm-hmm. improved quality of life, yeah, you know, absolutely for, for them. So, and it's, I think that experience for me, one of the things that was really profound for me, um, I've been, I've come to a place of great gratitude for the experiences in my life. Mm. Even the hard ones. All, especially the hard ones. It makes him, I feel emotional about it. 
just because my dad has said to me before, he said, when is it going to end for you? (laughs) (laughs) Like you're on, like there's constantly, and they said, dad, I signed up for this. Mm. Like I'm on, I'm on an uphill trek, Mm -hmm. you know, because I want to learn and I want to grow. And, but I wouldn't trade anything because of the, the experiences, but the learning and the growth and the closeness to God that this has allowed me to have in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of those pinnacle moments and the compassion and the ability to be empathetic and to really help people now help them through their own healing. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way I would be able to do that work had I not gone through the things that I had gone through right. and learning the things that I am. But the pinnacle of that came for me in Kenya when we came, went to a rescue center. There were 74 girls there that had left their homes they didn't want to be married off. They didn't want to go through the female circumcision ceremony. Mm-hmm. They wanted to finish their education. They wanted to stay mm-hmm. in their education. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, Annalise and I had the opportunity to go and to speak with them. And I just poured my heart, even though there was a language barrier, there was an interpreter, I just poured my heart out and felt to share some of these experiences, you know, and said, but here I am now before you. Do I look sad? do I look broken down? You know, do I, and they're like, no, like you're happy. You are are helping people. And I just said, and you can too. Mm -hmm. And the, every single wall that could have came just crumbling down. And I had these young girls just crying and just saying, we want to share our story with you. And that's not something that's common. You don't share your story. Those things are quiet. Mm. And so I literally spent a day in a room with a girl's one girl after the other, just coming in and sharing their stories of what they've been through. These incredible, these girls uh, as young as 11 years old Mm. that have broken away from their families and the things that they've been through. And some of them had been raped and Mm -hmm. just all of these. And do you know what an honor that was for me to sit And have these young girls be willing and the freedom for them to be able to speak their truth Mm -hmm. and to have someone look in their eyes and be like, you're so brave. Mm -hmm. I hear you. I see you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Like you've got this, like you can do this. That was, that was probably one of the most, the hype for me where I was like, I would go through it all again to be able to have this experience, to sit with these girls and to, to be able to share with them and to give them that kind of love, that much encouragement, you know, and the power came from them going, you understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they knew that you had been in a similar thing and it showed that you could love them yeah. purely mm-hmm. and that they could see that experience either as being a victim the rest of their lives or they can see it as I'm going to someday be like her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach others that you don't have to let the past define you. Exactly. That you can be filled with love and you can teach others to forgive and to love and then to share that love. God's exactly. Love, right. Exactly. And to be able to say you get to choose. Mm-hmm. You get to choose. Like you get to choose your path. You get to choose who you're going to be. You get to choose what you're going to do. Like nothing's been defined for you. Yeah. You know, to be able to share that message that just because this has happened doesn't mean it defines you. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you're just going to continue. Like you get to choose, you get to create, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's, that's the most powerful message. And that's the most powerful thing really that has helped me. You know, back at the beginning of this, you asked like, who are you then? And now who are you now? Yeah. And that's one of the most powerful principles that has come to me that is like, nothing defines me. Mm-hmm. I get to choose. Yeah. And everything that I've been through that has nothing to do with the worth of my soul. The worth of my soul stays the same always. Mm-hmm. And I just get to choose what I'm going to do with these experiences. What, what am I going to choose now? What am I going to create now? And, and it's extremely powerful when you realize you get to choose. Yeah. No, that's powerful. Oh, this is so awesome. So tell me along this road, uh, 
have you found some favorite scriptures that have become meaningful to you? Yeah, of course. Um, and it's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. We are soul sisters. That's my that's my mantra too. Yeah, yeah, and that was given to me. I remember I was in Provo, going to school, sitting uh-huh. on the banks, uh-huh. uh, reading my scriptures, and that was like it just hit me. And that's that and that is and that has been through everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, because by myself, not so much. Yeah, amen. <laughs> But with his love and his encouragement and understanding how much he loves me, there's nothing. Honestly, that's how I've been able to get through and be able to do the things. It's because of his love. That is awesome. Yeah, and his grace. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, I love that. Uh, What books have you read that have made a difference in your life? I love to read, so it's so hard when you're like, <laughs> I'm like, you're like, can I give you twenty five? I'm, like, I'm gonna like put it down to two. <laughs> so, um, "Feelings Buried Alive Never Die" by Carol Truman. Mm-hmm. That has been the like a foundational book for me, and I still carry it with me. Um, it's what helped me to start to understand all of about the emotional and the energetic body and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use so much of that to, to help heal myself. Right. Um, but also to help others. And then um, The Peace Giver. And I yeah. can't remember the author of that. I but think it's James Farrell because I've read that one before and it's fantastic. It is. And it is about, it is about forgiveness. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And so. is there one more that you wanted to share? Um, it's not a book, but it's music. Oh, hey, um, we love music. Oh my Please gosh. Share music. Music speaks to my soul. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the ways that God talks to me. Sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and there will be a phrase from a song in my head. Love it. And I'll be like, hmm, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that clue. Or even, right. you know, yeah. of encouragement or just like, so, but I love Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Um, she just, her songs just speak to my soul. Mm-hmm. And so her album, Look Up Child, I think it's her most recent, um, has been, I found that it really, for me, it reflects almost the thoughts of my own soul. It's just really drawn my heart out to the Lord even more the way that she puts words together. So that's really cool. Yeah. So what I'll do is I will be sure to reference your favorite scripture and and your favorite books and and Lauren's music in the show notes so people can find it easily. Awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, this has been so wonderful. How do people find you and connect with you? And I understand you have an offer you wanted to share with us. So why don't, <laughs> why don't you fill us in on all of that? Okay. You can find me on Facebook, mm-hmm. although I will tell you I'm not on it very often. <laughs> um, Messenger, yes. But um, Alicia Lee, A Beautiful Soul, is my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be more active, but... Um, you can also email me at Alicia Speaks, A-L-E-E-S-H-A Speaks um, at Gmail. Um, I do have an offer. I have a five-module course on the power of forgiveness. Ooh, fantastic. Tell yep. us about this course and where we can find it. So it's it's beautiful. It's like there's a half-hour video a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's There's five principles. So it teaches you how to identify your emotions, the power of forgiveness, how to forgive, the actual steps mm-hmm. that we use, and then also how to use your thoughts and words and actions to create a different life. So there's a workbook with it. So you can just, if you go on to um, my website, www.aliciaspeaks.com mm-hmm. you'll find it it'll be like under the courses mm-hmm. and you can just click on there and it, it will take your information just because I love to connect with people mm-hmm. but then you can go right into the course and it's totally free so it is yep oh fantastic absolutely well this is a so. great opportunity because I know that as I've listened to you share about the power of forgiveness sometimes we can't dive into all the details of how to forgive and how to find your truths and speak Mm -hmm. who you are. And so this is a fantastic way for people that have connected with your story to be able to keep moving forward and learn to truly forgive and feel love. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge tool. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, for 
offering that free to our listeners. And also, thank you for sharing your story of hope. This has just been so beautiful and powerful. And I can tell that your message will resonate and change the world. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I know that there are many of you out there that are going through a hard time, and I hope you found things that have been useful today as you listen to the podcast. If you would like to access the show notes from today's podcast, visit my website. It is storiesofhopepodcast.com. That is where you'll find favorite quotes from today's episode and shareable memes. And those are fun because you can share them with your friends on social media. You will also find the links mentioned throughout today's episode, so you don't have to remember what those were. And also all the tips that were shared. Sometimes tips are shared so much throughout an episode, you forget what were those great things. So go to the show notes, storiesofhopepodcast.com to look up these fantastic resources. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a tip that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this episode with them. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help bear that burden. Above all else, Remember, God loves you.